What up, what up? This is GNT, crime fighting robots on today's show. SpaceX is blasting off, and we have a lot of dope nerd topics to cover. Let's get to it. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, Geek Nerd Tech. Yes, sir. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. This is GNT, Geek Nerd Tech, the show where we break down technology, geek, and nerd culture from a black and brown perspective. I'm Akili Shine. We are in the building, and I welcome y'all to the show, Jerome Daughtry from Hope and Hustle. Back at it again, baby. Back at it again. What's popping, Back in the building, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I can't complain. I'm good, good. man. Good, man. Yeah, man, it's been a while, brother. Have you have you back? I'm excited to see what you have to say about today's yeah, show. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's been a while. A lot of things have developed in that time, but I'm happy to be back. Cool, man. Well, we have a lot to cover today. Let's yeah. get right into it. Let's chat, man. So the first thing that's hot on the news is this whole net neutrality thing, right? Man. And so we talk about how the internet should be fair and equal for yeah. all those that use it. And obviously, the internet is a source for information and how we are able to educate ourselves and get the information and, and facts and data to inspire us to pursue yeah. our dreams. So now with net neutrality being shifted into the hands of the ISPs, the Internet right. Service Providers, like we now have to worry about whether or not we will have the slow lane or the fast lane. Right. Meaning that the ISPs now have the control over whether or not a Netflix or uh, any platform, Facebook, can they can determine whatever lane they want to put those platforms in. Yeah. And so obviously if they say, hey, Facebook, if you want to... If you want to be be on our ISP, you have we'll charge you more, which means that Facebook's going to charge you more. Right. So my question to you is, what do you think about that, my brother? I hate it. I hate it. But I have I try to put things with a positive outlook. So understanding <clears throat> that, let's take a platform like YouTube. Yes, right? sir. So if YouTube is going to start charging uh, or passing on those fees to their content creators, we might see. These content creators shy away from, you know, from creating the content that we come to know and love on the platform. But the positive outlook is that might be able to create more, uh, I guess, opportunities for disruption of the industry and find other platforms and ways for us to engage with these creators that we love. So I'm hopeful in, in that sense. But. Overall, it's it's scary because right now Super we, have, scary. we have free range for people to create content freely, to get it out to the world freely, um, and to have that endangered to me is a scary spro- prospect. Absolutely. I mean, I think, again, like, we should all, I mean, the internet or the, or the access to information is like a natural resource. It's yeah. like air. It's like water. And I feel like to be able to have, you know, companies have such power and control over whether or not communities or certain areas in this country can have slow or fast internet. And then, I mean, there's so many ways of corruption, so many points of entry for discrimination. And so I feel like, dang, like this is such a a terrible thing that's happening. I know that a lot of the big companies um, were, were really, you know, advocating for uh, us to be able to like, you know, shift this in, in terms of the, the the lawmaking elements of it, but it didn't go through. And so the FCC said, Hey, net neutrality is, no more. So I'm interested to see what the AT&Ts, what the Comcast, what the Sprints, what these big ISPs of the world are going right. to do. Um, but, I mean, we're just we're in the landscape of where it's like you almost have to pick a team. It's like, Man. you know, T-Mobile is with Netflix. Right. You have, you know, AT&T with um, HBO yeah. and DirecTV. And you have, yeah. like, all these, these companies, you know, pairing together right so it's like that's scary too is that like what team are you on that's it's like scary too. you can't yeah. you can't be on every single team so it's right. like man even on that level like who do you choose seriously you know? and and it looks like even in taking it outside of um 
the internet companies, even the media companies are starting to become conglomerates. Like the, right. the Fox and Disney move, that's huge, yeah. thinking about from a content perspective. So when you start paring down the content providers and paring down the number of internet service providers, it becomes a scary, scary world for the consumer. That's right. So question, like who, who, who do you have as an ISP? Yeah. Um, what subscription platforms do you Man. do you have access yeah. to? Um, kind of give me like you know the line the, the rundown when, exactly. Well, I'm a, I'm going to be a super millennial right now. Hey, so run it, run it. I have uh, Time Warner, which is now Spectrum uh-huh. as my ISP. I do not have a cable package, but I'm subscribed to uh, the OTT Directv now. Uh, I also have Hulu. I have Netflix. Uh, I'm subscribed to YouTube. I watch a lot of Facebook TV now, which is a dope platform. Uh-huh. Uh, and and just about every other you know music service you can think of, the Spotify's, etc. So. I live in a world where I need the diversification of platforms. Right. So it's it's interesting to me that uh, what's going to happen once once these companies now have free range to start manipulating the market. That's right. So I mean, if you look at it historically, you know, you have you know maybe our parents' generation where they were always connected to cable, right? Right. Or maybe it was even a privilege to have cable. Maybe right. you know you had def- basic TV, it. and then <laughs> yeah. you were privileged if you had cable. Yeah. And then you had you know cats like us that grew up on cable. Right. And now you have kids that are growing up that never had cable. Right. So you have the cord cutters, which is kind of like me and you. Yeah. Like, and then we have the cord nevers that have never even had it. So right. how do you think it'll affect this? They new- have YouTube. I know. And they ha- and now how do how, my question is how will it affect that generation? Yeah, I I think. They're gonna they're gonna feel the angst of having to feel like we felt when we realized how how, how costly cable was, right? And we were like, "Yo, I don't really, I don't want to pay for that." Exactly. If these ISPs if these ISPs go in the direction that it's assumed they will and start charging premium prices for things that we're used to every day, I think that they're gonna feel the same angst and be like, "Why am I paying exorbitant amounts for things that I'm, I'm used to having?" That's right. You know, so that's that's what I think they'll they'll probably experience a, a very similar feeling. Well, we definitely need more advocacy and more yeah. of these big platforms and, and more, um, you know, uh, activists to, to stand up and be more vocal and give us the information, the education about what's happening. Because a lot of us are like really just like going over our heads, like we don't right. understand what's happening or what or what the potential of what could happen. So right. I hope that there can still be some type of legal intervention where we can have the internet free for all and we don't have to worry about, right. you know, th- discriminating elements. But Quite, hey, I mean, that is to be determined, right? Question for you. Hey, man, run it. Would you ever pay for Facebook? Would I ever pay for Facebook? Um, absolutely not, because in terms of what Facebook offers, like they're not they're offering me access to a community, right? Right. So would I pay for that? No. If they start offering, you know, way better curated content, like we talk about with Facebook and developing and dipping into the television world, yep. like then I can see that. But I, I mean I feel like Facebook has done a great job in terms of almost like the, the Apple model. They'll they'll wait and see what someone does and then they'll be like, Okay, well we can we'll do make it better. The Facebook version. Yeah. Exactly. And yep. do it better. So I mean I, I mean there's tons of examples where Facebook has done that. You look at Snapchat and then you look at how Instagram changed. Or you yep. even look at I mean there's, there's tons of Facebook right. has a long history of doing that. So the question is, would I ever pay for that? Right. Have, are you so ingrained in the ecosystem that you can't be removed from it? Definitely not. Got it. Definitely not. Like, I feel I feel I wouldn't pay for any of the social media platforms. Right. Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Pay for it? Absolutely not. If, right. they, if they chose that as a model, it would be done, right. d- done deal I for could them. See, I could possibly see if they decide to start increasing the advertising content you see on your feeds and you want to have an ad-free version, I could see a, a very low barrier version that people would pay for maybe a one ninety nine, two ninety nine. but the minute you start saying hey to use this you have to start paying 9.99 a month like it's netflix i think i'm out of here wow yeah, I'm yeah I'll, here. I'll call you like it's 1997 exactly <laughs>
All right, well, we're going to keep it moving. Yeah. Man, like, this is a crazy story. And it's, like, really, really uh, coming down hard, the, the, the pipeline today in terms of Apple and a lot of people's criticism over the iPhone slowdown. Duh. So it's like, okay, hey, Apple will come out with a new product. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the product that you have, your phone, Trash. starts acting up. <laughs> like, what the heck? It's slow, it's buggy, right. it starts getting hot. Like, Dog. every time you drop a new product. And so a lot of people have been saying that Apple has done this to, to get you into the new phone. Right. So they're going to, you know, they, they are, you know, consciously, strategically doing this so that yeah. your phone messes up. And so now what they're arguing is that it's not just that. It could be that the battery, <laughs> right, quote unquote, right. is insufficient and it doesn't pair with the new operating system. Do you believe this? Okay, I get from a technical standpoint, I get that if your battery, a lithium ion battery does have a shelf life. Right. So if the if the shelf life goes down, I could see how that possibly could. Does it have a shelf life of one year? No, definitely not. It's definitely not one year or or two years for that matter. Thank you. But what's interesting to me is like, I'm not experienced. The battery loss is one thing. Mine's is the processing loss. Mm -hmm. Like, why does it take me 30 seconds to open up Spotify? You know, when before, you know, the iOS released right before this, it was 10 seconds. Well, because from the software levels, it's requiring the processor to do way more. It's it's newer software. Stop, dog. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's ridiculous, man. And even I'm going to go a little bit off topic on that because Apple's upgrade lifecycle system to me is a little wonky because if the iOS, like if the actual iOS UI, the interface is going to be the same, I really don't have an incentive besides maybe some hardware features to upgrade my phone. So in full transparency, I have a success. You can roast me all you want in the comments. I have a success, right? It's all good, brother. (laughs) Yeah, and I look at at the X, and, you know, I've looked at the 7 and the 8 as they came out, and I've always been like, there's no reason for me, as long as my phone is operating at the same speed it was when I bought it, I still have access to the same apps. I still have access to the same software. Like, everything is good. But eventually they're going to pull you out. 100%. So I mean, but I think what's, what's interesting is that a lot of people just assume, "Well, damn, my phone's my phone's busted now. Yeah, like, gotta go I gotta get, get a new one." But what what the guys have been arguing on the internet is that really you don't need to go get a new phone; you just need to change the battery, and you're able to change the battery for about eighty bucks. Right. So hey, however, man, I want to run this question to you: Are yeah. you, sir, good sir, good sir, are you an Apple loyalist? Like, will you always go the iPhone route? You see the watch. Yeah, I see it. You see the phone. You see the flash. You see the laptop. You see me shining, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 100%. That's what I asked you about the Facebook ecosystem. I'm uh-huh. so ingrained in the Apple ecosystem. It scares me why more. why don't you got the new phone then? <laughs> I know. In the brand. In the, in the brand, I should say. Not in the tech. But um, it scares me more to be pulled away from the ecosystem I've built. Yes, sir. Than to, uh, you know, have to venture out and to get a Samsung because maybe their phones last No Google Pixel for you? Absolutely not. Why not? Wait, Absolutely well, you said that with not. authority. Why not? Because I'm an Apple loyalist. So it's like, like literally the thought of using any other operator, as much as I hate it, I just spent the first five minutes talking about, yo, I can't believe they're doing all this stuff. At the end of the day, I'm still going to walk into an Apple store. What so, about you? Are you like Apple only? So, uh, yeah. I've or been, you be a green box? I feel like Joe and I on this show, we are yeah. definitely Apple loyalists. However, I will say that I, I am slowly starting to um, increase my interest in the Google Pixel. I believe really? that, that phone in a year or two. The next generations of that phone, I think, will definitely trump the iPhone. What, okay, let's trump meaning trump meaning that it'll be more sophisticated. In ter- oh, there's already more sophisticated phones, I know. though. Well, more sophisticated and better price point. Okay, everything all around. I believe the Google Pixel will be a, a better product for pr- pr- 
for productivity, for style, for all of that really? in a year or two. That's what I, that's what I was surmised. So you can imagine, okay, so you remember when the iPhone dropped, and it still kind of has some of the same branding perspectives now. It's almost a fashion statement or an accessory to have an iPhone, right? Well, it, it was. It was yeah. when it first came out. It, it, it had more of, glamour. It was more glamorous it was maybe more glamorous. three or four years ago, right. not now. Right. Is a Pixel, though? But I feel, I feel it can be. Really? Yeah, that's why. Give it a year or two. Give okay, it a year. I'm going back on a year. It isn't now. It isn't now. Okay. By no means. Okay. But I feel like it's, it has that trajectory. I feel like Google is going to innovate in an incredible way within the next year or two. I think they've already done it. It's just that it's they not have. as popular, you know? They have. But hey, you yeah, know, we'll see. I, popularity is one thing because at one point, maybe function will trump aesthetic or popularity. Yeah. And to be honest with you, aesthetic is going away because the tin is getting dogged. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not fresh at all. It's, it's really not fresh. But I'll tell you what is fresh. And I got to shout out my boys from Vizio, man. Vizio is such an incredible company. And they have dropped the new soundbar. The Vizio 36-inch 2.1 soundbar system is an incredible piece of technology. And, like, for all of you that love to watch television and watch your movies, sports, and whatever form of entertainment you watch at home in your home theater, you got to have the perfect sound bar to accompany that. And the Vizio sound bar is incredible. You have the built-in speakers have gotten smaller. The, the, it's crystal clear sound. Like, it's, like, literally watching, uh, uh, like, an a, a IMAX movie in your living room. Popping. And having that sound bar is powered by DT, DTS technology, so it's giving you an extraordinary, amazing sound experience. And I advocate strongly that all of you guys out there better check this soundbar out it's won awards it's gotten rave reviews it's gotten five stars from cnet's editor's choice like this soundbar is incredible so i encourage everyone out there to check it out man soundbars do change the game Loki. they do i mean man it's like why why have like the the 4k television right in your room on the wall and you got like some wax sound <laughs> some you got the you're like, um, you trying to listen all exactly close. nah man you gotta have that you gotta have the great accompaniment right, right? Here is an interesting story that took place in San Francisco about this crime-fighting robot. Stop. <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> so so ridiculous. So let me set it up. So in the Mission District in San Francisco, um, this, this, this organization was having a lot of vandalism. And they wanted to figure out a way to capture what was happening, yeah. right? So they, they developed what is called the K-9, this five-foot-tall, three-foot-wide autonomous data machine. And so what it would do, it would, it would patrol the streets and go around taking photos. Like It would take like Stop. hundreds of photos per second. And the people around in the community went ham. They would throw like all sorts of stuff on it. Some people even put like fecal matter on it. They try to topple it over. Like it, it, it just didn't go well in the community. And so man, like the question I guess is, do you think that we will ever have these type of things become ubiquitous, ubiquitous in our society where we have these autonomous things that kind of like float around in our neighborhoods you know, I guess cherry picking information. Right. I more, Okay. To answer your question, absolutely yes. It will at some point be ubiquitous in every community that you'll have, you know, some sort of automated community protection type, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess robot. But that's really weird. Like, do I have blanket coverage on the show? Yeah, to talk crazy? Man, come on, if be yourself, get, right? If we get racially profiled by regular folks, how the heck is a robot going to work? Man. Like, how do you program a robot to tell you what's suspicious? Exactly. Right? Like, and so it, I, if I remember from the story, they were saying that a lot of people in the community were upset because a lot of the homeless people right. were being uh, 
I guess, taking pictures of, yeah. and they were coming to sweep out the area of homelessness. Exactly. And I get it from a Silicon Valley perspective. Like, this is a great technology. It's certainly the future. But at the same time, it's like, is that really the way we want to deal with homelessness in the city is by creating robots that come through and sweep out the area? Uh, but either way, I think the, the actual development of that technology is dope. It's certainly going to be something that's going to be used. But I'm really curious about how you create something without a human intuition to deal with humans. Right. I mean, I think that's the key right there is because it doesn't have the, the, sol- the social... Um, I guess etiquette of, right. of, of what to do. It's just literally okay. Let me take pictures of you. Like it's no like <laughs> common respect. It's no right. like. I mean, we we kind of heard the story before in San Francisco when Google Glass first came out. You know, cats would have the glass on and they would just be literally walking down the street taking taking, taking photos of people. Yeah. And people were like, why are you taking a photo of me? This is kind of like along the same lines. It's like, no, you can't do that. You can't evade people's privacy. I get you want to protect whatever you want to protect your your right. building, your infrastructure. But there, there is a more appropriate way of doing that. And so I get, hey, you might have the surveillance system. I was going to ask you. Th- exactly. This is a form of surveillance, but not when it's on the sidewalk. Right, like walking <laughs> with you like, hey, what's going on, my man? <laughs> yeah, because I was going to ask, like, from an international perspective, you think they would have any issues with it, like, in London's or in this- I think anywhere. Just because it's actual something that's, like, in the street with you? Why, well, explain to me why you think, it, like, it... I'm thinking more... like a Big Brother system. Like when, when it's kind of like you said, ubiquitous. That there are surveillance systems on every street corner that you're being recorded at all times. Yeah, right? but, but they're not like five foot, five <laughs> feet tall, running up in your First face. Of all, are you getting caught by a five foot robot, bro? <laughs> like I said, people like try to topple it over. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting run, me, run me the photos. <laughs> run me the photos. <laughs> Like, duh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think that's wild, man. Like again, from a techno, uh, technological standpoint, dope. From a social standpoint, absolutely weird. Dang. All right. Well, hey, the verdict is in. Jerome is not with the robot. Are you with the robot? I'm not with the robot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know any black people that's going to be with a robot. Heck nah. Heck nah. Yeah. Well, anywho, this is another interesting story. So they've developed um, technology now that is able to detect whether or not you are lying, whether or not you are deceiving. And so they're trying to figure out a way to use this in the court legal system. Like aside so, from a lie detector test? A, like this is like a, a futuristic lie detector test. And huh. what, it, what it's able to do is analyze your facial micro-expressions and also your voice. So depending on like the waveforms and how they fluctuate or depending on what like your you know, eyebrow move or exactly something. it can determine if you are telling the truth or not so do you think that this type of technology mm. is appropriate for our current legal system do you think it will help mm. do you think that um yeah do you think that it's something that can 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 assist in fighting crime or determining if someone is a is a has committed a crime or hasn't committed a crime, do you think that this technology is more, I guess, safe, yeah. uh, safer route than a lie detector test or even having a jury? Right. That's interesting. Uh, I think there's a place for it, but certainly with technology introduces fallibility and corruption. So that part kind of makes me a little leery about it. But I think it's, I mean, lie detector tests are used now, right? And there, there's been proven that people can... Uh, game the system with them, but they still use them, and they're still taken as fact. So if a technology like this, and I believe it said it has like 90% accuracy yeah. in it, right, which is fairly high. First of all, I'm not getting 90% right if I had to guess somebody who's lying. Oh, well, I am. <laughs> Stop. I am. I'm better Stop. than the AI, bro. Stop. You're the best <laughs> basketball player I've ever seen. 
You tell her the truth. <laughs> <laughs> this is a truth speaker. <laughs> All the truth. Um, yeah, like, at, it's, it's certainly probably more uh, accurate than the human experience, but I still think, again, almost like the robot cop story, you need humans to me so, okay. to help with that. So let's say it's not replacing the human yeah. um, connectivity, but it's just it's just adding to it. It's augmenting. So it, from a lawyer's perspective, hey, I want to I want to use this technology to see if if you lying exactly. Yeah, I think that's like if I was in a court case and I was, and if I was on a jury to say, and the lawyer was like, hey, we asked him some statements, very clear cut statements about the the crime that he's accused of or she is accused of, and the robot says it's lying. <laughs> I'm probably gonna be like, man, boy, you're probably lying. <laughs> And then you would be hella funny if, like, they have Maury read the <laughs> results for the road. That would actually be hella funny. I mean, I feel I feel like this type of technology is dangerous because I feel wow. it's easily corruptible. Of course. Hey, this is a, this could be used as a weapon to to again criminalize people, even from international relations perspective. Exactly. Absolutely. You lying? Uh, yeah. Imagine politics. Exactly. It was, it's like as soon as Trump starts talking, like that would that would be interesting. Man, so I mean, do you feel like I mean, not not to like you know, beat it beat it to death, but do you yeah. feel like this technology should be developed even further? Or like, what are some other, yes. in your opinion, what are some other ways that this technology can be used? Well, if <laughs> like parents can use it, they got exactly. a, par- a parent kit. Son, you're lying. Exactly. You're grounded. <laughs> yeah, you got to go like mirror mirror on the wall. Like it will be. No, the technology is dope, and I think, like I said, I think it's useful, but I think it has to be. It has to be understood, like you said, that there's fallibility and there's potential for corruption Mm -hmm. with the use of it. So as long as it's looked at with that lens, that this is an asset or this is a uh, something to help supplement human judgment and intuition, I 100% rock with it. All right now. All right, brother. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I 100% rock with, and that is the Vizio soundbar, man. This is a really dope piece of technology, um, especially if you have the home theater at your crib and you want to watch, like, the spectacular sports game or you want to... Put on the put on the uh, the concert. You gotta have the you gotta have the audio to accompany that. Yeah. And so the Vizio 36 inch 2.1 soundbar system is that piece of technology that is going to bring you that crystal clear, amazing, sharp, movie like experience. Mm. And so um, Vizio soundbars are powered by DTS technology, so it's giving you, like I said, that that extraordinary sounding experience. And so you need you need the 4K television, but you also need the soundbar to accompany it. And uh, yeah, they're getting a lot of great reviews. Um, it's gotten the, it's gotten the CNET's editor's choice. Um, it's been one of the first sound bars to earn five stars. The sound bar is incredible, and so I encourage everyone out there to check it out Question. and pick one up. Question, my man, you just got your Vizio 36 inch 2.1 sound bar. What movie are you putting on? What concert are you putting on? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it's probably gonna be some type of action movie, man. It's gotta be from. It's um, gotta be Saving Private Ryan for me. Oh, that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's a good choice. I, I will put on some type of action movie. I can't I can't determine which one it would be, but it would definitely be something along some those war lines. movie or something. In terms like that. of the concert, uh, it's gotta be something that just maybe like some big band or something yeah, yeah. that has that has a, like a live feel to all it. All the instruments exactly. that you can hear them exactly. all. You're going to hear them all clear on that bar. Good yeah. question. Good question, my man. Yeah. Anyway, the Vizio soundbar is that piece of technology that y'all need to get. Hey, this is an interesting story that came across my desk. Microsoft is ending a practice that prevented employees from discussing their sexual harassment cases. Mm. So let me set it up. Essentially, uh, what, the, what the, the law was or what the law that we're trying to change is that 
a lot of people that are working for a Fortune Fortune 500 companies are forced into arbitration agreements, and so yeah. they require the employees to essentially say before anything happens that they'll settle. If anything does happen, they'll settle it outside of the courtroom, and it'll, it's kind of like a hush policy. It won't be um, visible to the public. It's privatized, and it creates yeah. like a silencing effect. So what lawmakers are saying now is like we want to go away with that. And so Microsoft said, hey, you know, we'll step up to the plate, especially with what's been happening with the whole Weinstein Man. and all, all the sexual harassment that's kind of being cleaned out in a lot of industries. Microsoft is saying as a company, we'll be the first company in the, in the Fortune 100 that will say that, hey, this type of policy for a, for a corporation is 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 no longer is not appropriate and doesn't protect all of us. So anything that is inappropriate should be should be experienced and brought to light Absolutely. in a courtroom. So my question is: Is this a good thing that Microsoft is doing? Do you think it's a PR move, or do you think it's no. genuine? No, I think it's genuine. And I mean, we can always make our own assumptions on anyone's intentions, but uh, just from my own evaluation, I think it's genuine. And I think that it's a, it's a clear changing of the guard. The, the way that things were done in the past, uh, either with, with business and the way that these corporations were set up, are clearly no longer acceptable with the new generations that are yes, coming sir. up. So I think it's giving people the power and the encouragement to step out and say, hey, what you guys used to do is not cool. If I have a problem with you, I need to be able to say that. Um, and, I'm, I mean, if we've all worked for companies and you, if you look in those, those agreements that you sign, it absolutely says – if you want to sue us, you have to settle out of court. You cannot take it. And then they're going to hit you with the silencing agreement, too, so you can't right. talk about it. Right. So I think it's dope that with uh, the movement that's happening right now with women and men being encouraged to share their stories of uh, abuse, that companies are responding to that and saying that, hey, we're not only not going to support these personalities, but we as a corporation are going to put parameters in place to make sure that we don't support it either. So I, I rock with it. You rock with it. So do you think this will be a domino effect? Other Fortune 100 companies will do the same thing? Or do you think that the company will always try to protect the company? Uh, I, th well, I always think a company is always going to try to protect the company, for sure. But I do think that uh, other companies will see that. And I don't know if they'll necessarily do it because it's the right thing to do that they see. But I think there might be a push to say, hey, why are you still using these archaic terms to protect yourself from harassment? You know, why don't you, you know, get with the times and, and update your languaging and your agreements? So I, I don't know if it'll be, you know, like, hey, we want to do this because it's ethical more so than it'll be, hey, we need to do this because that's what everybody else is doing now. Well, I think you get the nail on the head. I mean, I definitely yeah. agree with you. Like, it is an archaic way of, of conducting um, business and just structuring relationships yeah. because there's going to be things that happen that are inappropriate and are criminal. Right. And so I, I feel like, yeah, a company does want to protect its company's name, brand and image. But at the end of the day, not not when it's going to exploit people, people, women, men, whoever. Like we want to be able to have the power to be able to bring uh, what what is what is wrong to light. And so I feel like this is a, a great step in the right direction to do that. And Microsoft, okay. such a huge company, over yeah. one hundred and forty thousand employees worldwide, to be able to say this is what we're going to do as a company policy change. I think is amazing. I think that's super dope. And and they're a fairly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It just probably sounds offensive, but they are an older company. You know, they're not like the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the Amazons of the world, you know. So for them to go out and take that stand because they probably had those policies in place for such a long time, I think makes it even doper. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what is dope, and one of my favorite companies is SpaceX. Man. So, you know, Elon Musk, he has SolarCity, he has Tesla, he has SpaceX, and he has um, his, his Hyperloop company. Um, but anyway, SpaceX has just done something incredible, and they have used a spacecraft and, and conjoined it with a rocket and they've done it multiple times. So they've used the same rocket and the same spacecraft 
to be able to go up into space and back down over and over and right. over again. And that's never been done in right. history. That's incredible. And, and so what that does is that it, 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 it makes the price point of going to space way cheaper. And also it gives us the ability to be able to bring sh shipments of goods to space and also take things back from space right. back to Earth. So in, in a way it promotes the colonization of other planets. My, so my question to you is, hey... Is this what the future? Is this the future? Like, or like, I mean, what I'm saying is, is like, they're going to do this. They've done this 17 times right. in 2017. Are they going to like really start to ramp up? And yeah. will we see humans go to space in these, in these rockets? There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it that uh, it's certainly going to be something that happens in the future. I'm not going to be on one of those jets for a minute. <laughs> you why know, why won't a, you? I need a much larger proof of concept before, <laughs> before I hop on one of those bad boys. But, uh, I think it's dope. Like the again, to, I said proof of concept. To me, it's just a proof of concept. Like, hey, when I said I was going to be able to shuttle people, you know, to the moon and back as like a vacation opportunity, he's shown like, yo, I might be able to do that. And to me, I think that's incredible. I don't know if I would do it, <laughs> but I think it's dope that it's being done. I think it's incredible. Would dope. you? Okay. So he popped up. He popped up and was like, hey, I need I need a, the first human to test my joint to go to Mars. No, I won't be the first human. Cause I got a, I got a son to feed, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I, me, me and Joe have this banter all the time. Like, yeah. I, I want to go to space. Really? Yeah, I would love to go to space. I've always had an infatuation with 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 our solar system and just yeah. the universe, and just to be able to experience that, I think it would be amazing. So yeah, I, I mean, if, if an opportunity like that came, I would consider it. Right. It wouldn't be a hard no. It wouldn't be. A, oh no, it'd be a hard no. I, I I've gone to Black Planet, <laughs> and that's the farthest I'm going. <laughs> Shout out to Black Planet. Oh my gosh. Bro, you were like seven years old when Black Planet I came out. I definitely was hella young when Black Planet came out. <laughs> so, I mean, I want to ask you just kind of off, yeah. off script a little bit. Are you a fan of Elon? Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's really interesting seeing someone so intelligent with so much capital and resources just have fun projects. Like, to me, it seems like he's just like, yo, when I was a kid, I wanted to do that. And so I'm going to do it. And so I think that's thumbs encouraging. up on Tesla. Thumbs up on Tesla for would sure. You, would you get one? Absolutely, I get one. Okay. Yeah, I'd absolutely get solar one. Solar City. Same thing. Put solar panels all on my crib. All right. Yep. I, I support all of those future-proofing technologies. I think they're dope. I think, especially because not only from a technological standpoint, like oh, that's that's really interesting tech, but also from an environmental standpoint, like doing these things to help preserve the planet. Anything that you that is in that favor, I'm probably going to support it. A lot of people say that he um, is our uh, generation's Einstein. You agree? Oh, that's a tough. I mean, I, people can throw out whatever terms or associations they want to. I think he's this generation's Elon. You know, so he's <laughs> he's in and of himself doing what he's supposed to be doing, and I don't think he deserves comparison to to anybody else. Um, and I think we should just step back and admire the impact he's making on us in the same way that we admire Steve, in the same way we admire Bill. Uh, and respect and <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> Lie detector test. Lie. <laughs> Lie. Deception. Deception. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, I think we should keep him in his, like, like my boy LeVar Ball says, stay in your lane. Stop it. <laughs> I think, and I think. Lie detector. He, he's, in his, he's in his lane. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you one person that's coming for Elon's throat. Who? And that's Richard Branson. Richard Branson has his own company called the Virgin Hyperloop One that he's developed in competition with uh, with Elon Musk's uh, version of that. And so, obviously, Elon Musk, you know, came up with the idea yeah. and brought it to market first. And I think this year he got up to a, like 230 miles per yeah, hour. 240. 240. And yeah. so now, now uh, Richard Branson has gotten up faster than that. So, yeah. Um, so that's why this is a story because Shoot. he's actually done, done it faster than Elon Musk. So let me take a few steps yeah. back. So what this Hyperloop technology is, what, what it will do, it will transport humans and goods in an incredibly fast way. So think about taking a flight from L.A. to San Francisco. It's about a 50-minute flight. Yeah. It's about a five-hour drive. This Hyperloop technology will get you there in about 30 minutes. Clowning. Because they think that they can get it, get the speeds up to about 700 miles per hour. So right now, the record is 240. Yeah. So they're still developing it. Um, but this is incredible because you would be able to have an on-demand form of transportation that can literally... You go into a pod and literally just shoot you out to, into your destination. And so it uses magnets to kind of levitate you right. off the ground. And then because they're able to reduce the amount of air there, that are in these tunnels, the magnets um, and, and whatever form of energy you want to use will help propel you through the tube. So they've been developing this for about five years now. And Richard Branson is on to something. So my question to you, I have two questions for you. Yeah. Um, do you think that... Richard Branson will be the first to get it up to Ooh. 700 miles per hour, or do you think Elon Musk is going to come back and be like, now it's at 340? Yeah, now yeah, what? like what's cracking? Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Elon was 230, and then Branson came in with 240 exactly. and set the record. That's right. Um, dang, who do you put your money on? Because Richard's a monster. And he invested $50 million into his... Um, they raised another $50 million that says, um, and the investment came from Branson's Virgin Group. Which so made now, it a virgin. Now, yeah, now he's on right. the board. He's the head of the board. Like, who, 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 who like, do you bet on? Hey, who do you bet on? I Okay. I will say this. Uh, as great, and you just heard me rant about how much I respect uh, I set you Elon. Up. I set you up. And everything. <laughs> now you about, yeah. to, you about to, like, I gotta, forget Elon. Yeah, because I'm saying. <laughs> I okay. told you. Lie detector test. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. It's not forget Elon, but I will say that the, uh, I guess that the chip in his armor is scalability. Even with for Tes- who for Elon, oh. uh, even with Tesla, like the the one the one critical error I think, or not critical error, but the one thing that he's been chastised for is being able to produce at scale and be able mm-hmm. to take the, like he can birth an idea, mm-hmm. but being able to take that idea and expand it to the masses. Okay. I think is the one thing that he's been criticized for. So, is Richard that, is Richard Branson an example of doing that? What what has what has he started that he didn't finish? Uh, what, but you could make the same argument for for Elon. What has he started that he didn't finish? No, I wouldn't say didn't finish, but when he wanted to make Virgin Records, Virgin Records is out and it's a major record company. He wants to make mm-hmm. Virgin Airlines, Virgin Airlines come out and it's in a major airline. Okay, you know, like it took time though, right? No, it, I I get that, but I'm saying if I had to put my chips on one of them today. I'm going to put it on. I shot, shot these instead of putting chip. But if I had to put it on one person, I have to go with the one with the proven track record. And so I would put hmm. my money on Richard. Hey, I disagree. I put my money on Elon Musk because, I mean, he's the, he is the, 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 the originator of this concept, mm-hmm. this idea. And I feel like he's more of a futurist than Branson. I think really? Bran- I think Branson is definitely an innovator. I mean, he, his whole career has been about innovation. But in terms of technology, I think that um, Elon Musk has more of the mind for it. And I think... Technology and scalability are two different things, though. Yeah, but I, I mean, 
scalability will come like because they're going to they're going to face the same type of infrastructure problems cuz a lot of this has to be yes. done with with legislation and like, so absolutely. like it's who has the best technology the safest technology the technology is the most reliable i'm going with elon musk you know what i'm saying however i do get that however i respect richard branson and the fact that he's trying to get to space too he has yep. his own space company um virgin just galactic like, yeah, virgin galactic yeah. just like uh um elon like we just talked about has spacex yep. Um, but man, I think this is amazing—the fact that oh. you could go from Washington, Washington D.C. to New York in 30 minutes, L.A. to San Francisco in 30 minutes—it's amazing. It's, dude. And it's it's dope from a personal perspective, and also from think about how logistics companies are going to change. Man, think about how Amazon's changed. looking at that. Like, yeah, let's let's get that. I mean, dude, there hasn't been a piece of technology in the transportation arena that well, I guess what I'm trying to say. In over 100 years, we've used the same technology, right? Like okay, so we have we have self driving cars. It's still a car. Right. This is a completely new it's form new. of transportation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that is that's, that's groundbreaking. hundred percent. Elon I, Musk, baby. <laughs> Team Elon. <laughs> no, I think it's the, and and to have the competition, I think will only fuel the development of the technology and transportation. Right. My man, my man. So okay, yeah. so you wouldn't go to space. Nah, I get you, on the hyperloop you, though. Oh, so you would hop on I would, hyperloop. I would, I would get on the hyperloop, but okay. going to space, I don't know something about it. <laughs> something about it. I, I don't like that. Dang, man. Well, they're saying that they're going to have this ready to go in like a year or two. Do you think that that's mm. possible or do you think they're going to have hiccups and that's just kind of like a, a PR headline type of thing? Mm, ready to go like I can go buy a ticket in a year and yeah. get to San Francisco? Or they'll, be, they'll, they'll have it where the speeds are clocking up to 700 oh, miles per hour. I mean, hour. maybe. I'd be, yeah, getting actual having customers buy tickets on that, I don't, I don't know about that. Because I'm like, yo, they haven't even finished the Crenshaw line. They've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> in the last like five years, so I'm like, how are they gonna do that? But uh, yeah, if it was you know just to that get from 240 the record now to you know five some sixes, I, I think absolutely. Man, hey bro, it's, it's amazing that we'll see all this stuff in our lifetime. Man. I mean, I think that we would we would have never, I would have never imagined this type of technology. Right, because when you first were born, it was the Model T. You're right, exactly. And then now, exactly, we're getting into the Hyperloop. That's right, brother. That's, That's crazy. right. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Hey, I, I will say this, my man, yeah. that uh, when we talk about technology and, and, and things that, you know, really help to augment, you know, our lifestyle, um, one great piece of technology that I put the stamp of approval on is the Vizio soundbar. Yeah. And I encourage all my listeners out there to go ahead and look that up and grab one. Um, the Vizio 36-inch 2.1 soundbar system. Um, it's powered by DTS technology and is giving you such an incredible, extraordinary fantastic movie television experience. So if you have the home theater set up in your crib and you watching it with your girl, you got your boys over watching the game, yeah, you got the crisp visual, but you also need that crisp, that that, uh, that razor-sharp audio to pair with that. And so I recommend strongly, folks out there, that the Vizio soundbar is going to give you that, that's going to make that party live at your crib, is going to make that whole movie night experience like an uh, 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 incredible experience. So... Um, this this soundbar has gotten incredible reviews um, from different blogs out there. It's actually got CNET's Editor's Choice. It's one of the first soundbars to actually earn five stars. So this is a, a really great piece of technology, especially right now for holiday season. You might want to pick that up. So I encourage everyone out there to go grab that. True that. Speaking of uh, technology, man. Yeah. Um, are you an Amazon guy? Man, very much so. Okay, if, so if they raised the price of Prime. I'm still paying for that joint. Man, I know, right? I'm a yeah. I'm okay, a, I'm so let me show. let me just run it real quick. So, do you have a Fire Stick? Yep. Okay. 
Okay. So like, you like, like the technical, you swear everyone. I, okay. And the reason I smiled when I said it is because I had one and then I gave it away. Okay. Yeah. Do you use the music unlimited? I did. I recently unsubscribed this month on the 10th. Because you have the, what, it's three months for a dollar. Right? I have four months for a dollar. Yeah. Okay. And, and we can get into the Spotify versus unlimited versus all that. But uh, yeah, I did have it. Okay. And obviously you, you, you purchased various goods from Amazon. Yeah. Every week. Every week. Do you have an Alexa or you have an Echo, a Dot? Uh, I have an Echo Dot. I have two Echo Dots, actually. How do you like that? Uh, it's cool. The fact that I know they're listening to me, like I know they're listening to me. <laughs> right. Kind of messes with me. I know. But, I mean, I love the, it turns off my lights. It's, Alexa, turn off the lights. Right. Like, you know, I don't have to get up. I, I'll sacrifice them hearing all my <laughs> secrets. Well, the reason why I ask these questions is because, I mean, obviously we are in the season of, of consumerism and yeah. Amazon is killing it. I mean, they've Every killed way. it literally all year, yep. but they have a lot of uh, offering this year. So the Amazon Echo Show, and I kind of want you to give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, <laughs> give me your explanation. So the Amazon Echo Show is yep. like the, the robot heart of the Amazon Alexa platform. And so what you're able to do is you have all the Alexa features, but you're also able to watch television, yep. movies, and web videos. And so do you think that this device is something you want on your on your nightstand i thought about the echo show when it first dropped i was like oh that might be cool to upgrade it because it has video conferencing and everything it has one feature i don't like what's that you can like drop in it's called dropping in and you can be like hey akili what y'all doing in the living room like, <laughs> like I'm, no. <laughs> exactly Heck so that no. i was like whoa i'm not a big fan of that and i'm sure there's safeguards in place but the thought of that yes. i didn't really i didn't really like um okay but, so but as a device, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay, yeah, so you're grabbing up. that. Yeah. Fire Stick 4K. So we talked about the Fire Stick just a, just a minute ago. So why is the Fire Stick, in your opinion, better than Apple TV, better than Chromecast, better than Roku? Why is it better? I would never say it's better than Apple TV. Okay, so why not? Uh, well, okay. The, remember Apple ecosystem, so I have Apple TV at Apple home. TV sucks, but go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Such a hater. <laughs> no, Apple, really? Do not, do not tell I me right now that the Apple TV. Apple TV is great. Apple TV is dope. Why? Why is it dope? Apple TV. Okay. Apple TV allows me. If you're in the Apple like, ecosystem, I'm like, I'm like, I know. Awestruck. If you're in the Apple, if you're in the Apple ecosystem, the casting is the big is the biggest separator. I'm out of here. The casting is. Big. Let me tell you how I'm I use here. it. Let me tell you how I use it. But now that I got a, a different TV, it's, it's, it almost doesn't matter. But I, when I didn't have it, being able to lay down. And cast whatever I was watching on my phone to throw it up because I was like, hey, instead of having you look at my phone, I'm like, hey, babe, watch this meme on the TV. I like that feature. On the Fire Stick, I really, you know, I didn't have that opportunity. So, other than, I mean, first of all, Netflix is going to be Netflix. Uh huh. You know, YouTube is going to be YouTube. And but, most smart TVs have all those features anyway. So, the biggest how, separator however, for me is. There is an experience of how you, there is a different experience on, on all those platforms, on all these From sticks. a UI perspective? From a UI perspective. And you think. Fire Stick is better than Apple TV? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Okay, I was about I to say, say you're that. crazy. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, so you walk into Best Buy and you have a choice to, to buy the, the Apple TV or the Fire Stick. What do you do? Am I broke? No, no, you're not broke. Oh, then I'm going to get Apple TV. Okay. I'm going to get Apple TV for sure. All right, cool. Sonos One. Now, I think this is an incredible yeah. product. So I'll, I'm sure all of you out there are familiar with Sonos having the crazy like speaker system sound music all that stuff and be able to you know build it modularly in your house or wherever you are and so what they've done now is they've integrated the alexa os into its line of speakers Hmm. so not only can you you know listen to your music but you could talk to alexa um and do it with with amazing sound quality so is this something that you would buy it's 200 bucks yeah i i mean you would really be buying that in lieu of 
right the echo <laughs> an echo right uh which i would but the echo is not 200 bucks so it's right. like you're stepping it up a little bit yeah, you're stepping up, more you want of a luxury the better, item yeah, yeah exactly if you want the better sound quality you might as well i think that's actually really interesting that that sonos did that though yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean i mean it's an interesting um pairing right right but I mean, I get it because we're we're in the landscape of like the the home uh, AI, and so hey, right. as as a speaker system, you want to be able to have that technology, and they haven't developed that technology, right. so they have to pair with someone to be right. relevant. All right. Well, anyway, the Logitech Harmony Companion Remote. It's a universal remote, um, and it's voice activated. Yeah. And it is also um, compatible with Amazon services. So again, it has Alexa. So do you think that this is a device that you would pick up? I mean, universal remote. You can control multiple TVs, your, your yeah. sound bars. You can control whatever whatever thing that um, I guess has the connectivity to it. Is this something that interests you? I don't know. I would have to see how. I think it depends on how you use Alexa too, because if you're using Alexa, no for... one uses Alexa. <laughs> no one uses anything. I use Alexa to you turn really... off my lights. Okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, to turn off my lights. You don't be like Alexa. What's the weather? You would never. No, do absolutely that. not. Yeah, right. and that's what I'm saying. Like putting it on the Logitech remote, I'm like, like, oh my god, I need to find a remote so I can ask Alexa something. Like I don't. To me, that feels a little bit gimmicky, especially because most devices now have some sort of voice assistant or voice activation feature. Yeah. You know, that I, that one, I would have to see how it, it can be specific to a remote to make me interested. I mean, do you have a universal remote? No, okay. I don't have it. But you know what's interesting? I use apps. Like, for all, like for my Xbox, for my PlayStation, for my Samsung so right TV. on the phone? Yeah, I use everything on my app. But you turn, can you turn the TV on with your phone? Uh, can I you turn control my, the, the sound on your phone? Yes. Okay. So it becomes a remote, and then I use... Um, if I use it on my Xbox, it definitely controls everything. The PlayStation controls less, and then the Samsung just helps you manipulate, like, through apps and volume and stuff like that. Gotcha. For, like, if you have, like, a sound bar on your TV, you can c- control it. Okay. Well, the Logitech Harmony Companion Remote is a buck thirty. Um, another Amazon pickup. All right. So I got a couple more. Um, let's blast through these really quick. Yeah. The Ultimate Ear Speaker. So Ooh, these are some speakers. in-ears, but they can connect to an Echo Dot, and you're able to play your Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn, but no uh, Apple Music, no Tidal. What do you think about that? What? <laughs> well, I'm a Spotify dude, so anyways. I'm I know, I know, so you're good. Yeah, I'm tripping. Uh, I, I mean, the same thing as the Sonos for me, except UE speakers are waterproof. So Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you have some in-ears? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, these are going for a buck thirty-five. Yeah. I would say I would not be interested in these. No, but I'm cool. I don't really need. Uh, I mean, there's nothing about that that, that that's yeah, like, like drawing me. Like, what's oh, the great, use? Cool. Yeah, it connects to my Echo Dot. All right, fantastic. Sony Television, the Bravia Television, yeah. uh, 4K Ultra HD resolution. Um, they have it available in 43, 49, and 55 inch models. And again, this is an, another device that's Alexa enabled. But what big does that deal? Mean? Is that a big deal? Yeah, I don't. Again, like, what are you? What am I telling Alexa to do on my TV? Like Alexa. Well, it can control the channel. It can control the volume, the music. It's, it can go, yeah. go from app to app. I guess if you don't have any other devices, I guess for me, like I have so many other devices that can do that stuff. I'm like, why would I? Why would so, I so, 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 if you are watching HBO yeah. in the middle of watching HBO without using a remote, you you could just speak to your TV and be like, hey, turn on ESPN. You you wouldn't like that? Xbox, watch TV. No, go to ESPN. <laughs> Xbox, watch ESPN. Okay. And it, and it will take you yeah, to ESPN. Yeah, it'll take you to ESPN. Okay. It's built into the UI. So that's why I'm like, why would I need an Alexa? Okay. And so you could you could be like Xbox, um, go to YouTube? Yes. Oh, I mean, Google? No. Okay. 
No, you can't right. do that. But then I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> you sure? <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> I know. Yeah, and you tried. I was trying. You tried. You tried. Sorry, Sony. Sorry. You tried. And that bad boy is going for eight hundred dollars. That's not bad for. That's probably the fifty-five. That's not bad. All right. Well, hey, Alexa has a whole bunch of stuff to offer. But this that's what season. what Amazon is doing is dope. Though. I mean, yeah, Amazon. Alexa, yeah, my bad. Because what Amazon is integrating Alexa into more and more hardware. Uh huh. It's dope. That's Amazon's gonna take over the world, man. You know how I bet on Richard. You know how I changed from Elon to Richard. Yeah, you. you I'm changing you, again. You to change Jeff. all the way. Hey, I'm a Bezos fan. All the I way. will put my money on Jeff in a heartbeat. Man, all right. Well, cool, bro. Um, interesting. Interesting to see what happens um, with with these titans, man. I mean, man, you got Google, you, you got wins? Apple, you got you know Amazon. Like, who's gonna win? Who wins? I agree. I think it's gonna be Bezos because he's so yeah. diversified, man, and he's killing it in every space. Yeah. I'll tell you a company that. Kind of was killing it, but it's kind of not killing it. Who? Uber. Uber's going down, brother. PR nightmares. Man, they are going down like PR just nightmares. one thing after the other, yeah. man. And so they have just lost a major, major, major fight that they've had with the EU, mm. um, the European Union, in which they Uber was arguing that they were not a transportation company because they didn't have employees, they didn't own any vehicles, they were a technology platform, and so mm. they shouldn't have been, they shouldn't be regulated like a transportation company because they're not one. And they lost that argument. Big the loss. European Union said, no, you are a transportation company and you need to pay your employees because your drivers are employees. You need to pay them better and you, need, you will be regulated just like the taxis are. And that's a huge thing. I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, do you think that's going to cut into the bottom line? And do you oh, think that's going to spill over into you know, other countries? And like how, the U.S.? How, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think... Okay, well, my personal opinion is... First of all, you're absolutely a transportation company, in my, in my opinion. Um, huh. I get you created a technology uh-huh. to support the business, uh-huh. but at, what does Uber do? Uber facilitates the transportation of people. Right. Right. To me, that's a transportation company. Um, hmm. So I think regulation in that standpoint, it's a, it's a tough cookie because the more regulation you put on these companies that are innovating to me, it stifles the innovation that that they're known for, that they do. Because now you're trying to make them fit into this mold that you know they weren't necessarily intended to be in. Or it makes them innovate even more. Or, exa- or it makes you, them you innovate Figure out more. the reroute. Exactly. So it, it's almost like we talked about before. Like I'm, Maybe the stifling will create more opportunities for disruption. Maybe. But they, Uber's had so many ethical, uh, I guess, dilemmas in the last year. Yeah. That I'm just like, hey, if you need to pay your employees more, or if you need to have some regulations so that you know it's, it's more of a safe space for people that are associated with the company and the riders and the drivers, then maybe that needs to be in place. I mean, you talk about what Uber. I mean, this year with Uber, I mean, from lo- losing their CEO yeah. Travis Kalanick all the way to what's happening with the EU. So yeah. many things that have transpired. And we're talking about crazy stuff like bribes. We're talking about Uber spying on people. We're talking about them selling our information. We're talking about undercover undercover stuff infiltrated yeah. private chat groups trade secrets all sorts of like just like like criminal stuff it's like the born supremacy yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's uber exactly yeah. and so like man like what is this company what is this company about what is it doing and like i feel like i feel like a lot of people have a vendetta for for uber yeah. i mean yeah the company was such an innovative thing you know when it first came of course. out i mean it's it's worth 80 billion dollars right like it's only been around for like five years yeah like, dude, like, so I think a lot of people are like, nah, you, you, you new money, mother, yeah. y'all ain't gonna get all this money. Like, we nah, gonna, we gonna, exactly. Give me that. And so y'all I, gotta play by our rules. But I, I feel like 
they haven't set themselves up right because they've done a lot of all this corrupt stuff. Exactly. So. That's that's why I'm torn on it because like if they didn't have some of the things that we know that they dealt with this last year, maybe I'd have been like, like yeah. how dare you stop exactly. that company from doing so well? But so, with all the things that they've dealt with, I'm kind of like, I know. I don't know if I can you know step out and defend you. But can you step out step out and step into an Uber? Are you an Uber guy or a Lyft guy? I am a whatever is not surging at the time. Right? <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that, man. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into some popular culture stuff before yeah. we dip on out of here. Um, but before I do that, I want to shout out um, some of our, our boys at mm-hmm. Vizio. Um, yeah, they are dropping this incredible piece of technology called the Vizio 36-inch 2.1 soundbar system. Um, and I think it's the great piece of technology to add to the cadre that you have at home to increase the value of your home theater system. And so, yeah, we have the displays and televisions. We have the 4K and all that stuff. We, we want to be able to have the sound to pair with that. And so Vizio is giving you um, an opportunity to bring movies and television to life and give you that crystal clear, amazing, razor sharp type of audio. Um, and yeah, it's powered by DTS technology. It's giving you that extraordinary sound experience. So if you went to a movie theater, imagine having that movie theater experience in your family living room. Um, they've gotten incredible reviews for a multitude of blogs. Um, they are CNET's editor's choice, and they were one of the first sound bars to receive five stars. So this is the sound bar of the future. This is the sound bar you need for your, for your home, and I encourage everybody out there to go grab that. Yo! Yeah. Um, I have not seen it, um, but have you seen Star Wars yet? No. Okay. I have not seen it yet. Gotcha. Are you going to go see it? Yeah, I'm probably going to go see it this weekend, so yeah. we'll probably be able to talk about that next time. Yeah. But um, I've heard I've heard like a lot of great things, but I've heard, heard some yeah, conflicting things as too. well. Me too. Um, but we'll see. Well, um, did you like The Force Awakens? Of course. I thought it yeah. was classic. Oh, um, classic. Yeah. Classic. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I won't I'm, argue I'm, that. I'm all sold. I'm all, I, I, You're all in. I'm all in. Wow. I'm all in. Okay. Um. But a movie that I think that is going to be dope, and I wanted to see what you thought, is the Ocean's 8. Have you seen the trailer? Yes, I did. So Ocean yeah. 8's with Sandra Bullock and your girl, Rihanna. Rihanna. My girl, um, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about this? I think it's dope, man. Well, let me caveat. I loved 11, 12, and 13. Right, those are, those are great films. Classics. All three of them were super dope to me. So to have a, a cast of all women uh, you know, taking, a role like, taking the roles like this, I think it's super dope. I'm definitely going to be in theater. 100 yeah. percent like I, th- I think it's gonna be fresh so like okay so i know i think this was this year it might have been last year so obviously we had the ghostbusters right yeah. that we grew up on and they and they did the ghostbusters with 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 the women Melissa mccarthy and, it, and leslie it didn't, it didn't really it didn't hit it didn't hit do you think that hit. this could also trend in that direction no i think this is gonna be a hit tell me why uh one star power just right. the, just the cast list alone is gonna be is gonna fuel uh enough curiosity yeah um i think that the oceans, you know, the oceans brand name, yeah. you know, is, is something strong. that franchise that's exactly. a strong franchise that's known for the star part, that's known for witty writing, that's known for great directing. Right. I can't, they would have to do a lot to make this movie not hit, not be a success, in my opinion. 100%. I what agree. about you? I, I'm totally with you. I think yeah. Oceans 8 is going to be a slam dunk. Like, I, like, like you said, it's a star power. I think the concept of espionage and, like, the, the it fused with, like, a comical Absolutely. type of energy, I think it's great. Like, yeah. And then having, like, just these dope actresses in, in the movie, like, I think it's going to be, a, like, like 
I think it's going to be a slam dunk. Honestly, yeah, so. I, th- I think so too. <clears throat> and I, I mean, and I would love for this to have its own franchise. You know, Ocean's eight, nine, ten. You know, leading up to exactly, 11. exactly. Like, yeah. I think that, that would, would be, be dope, dope. If they could have like a blending and, of the exact recipes, Bernie. Right. But it would be <laughs> know, so know, dope if you know, if they, they could, could bring exactly. you know everybody back in. All right, man. Black Panther. You, you excited? I I have my countdown. Africa, I I literally I'm looking at it like I can't wait. <laughs> to be there i'm gonna have a wakandan accent like i can't like everything i'm so excited you gonna be in the theater i'm gonna be in the theater with my with my daishiki yeah man i got mine too i can't wait i think that's gonna be a smash success man it's i say it's gonna be the first um black film that it's gonna bring 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 in a, a billion dollars really yeah think so i think so i think Worldwide, i think it baby. definitely has that potential uh the long I kind of hate, I don't hate, but, you know, the uh, final Avengers movie is not too far after, Uh you know, so that's kind of whack. But, uh, man, either way, just having, you know, the opportunity to get that character out there. Yeah. Yeah. Get the character out there. I think that's dope. Yeah, man. So you were you were yapping your mouth, you know, before we got on on the air about 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 what? I don't even want to say his name. About the big baller, (laughs) about the goat. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, set it up, bro. Okay. So, for everybody listening, we were having an interesting conversation. It was LeVar Ball and all of the uh, eroticism that he's come that we come to know and love him for uh, has now decided to create his own league for high school graduates who don't want to go to international or to a traditional university. Uh-huh. So, the question is, is that a good move? Is that corny or is it a bad move? Well, I'll say this from a business perspective. I think it's an interesting move. I mean, it's very similar to what Ice Cube did with, yeah. the, with the, you know, the big three, or whatever. The, the what is it called? The league? league oh, of, uh, yeah, the big three. The big league. three. Yeah, big three league. So, I mean, I get that from a business perspective. That hey, you know, we are we are in the the landscape of ownership. We yes. don't want to just participate in institutions. We want to own them. And so, right. I get I get it from that perspective. Yeah. From a capitalistic perspective, but from okay. an ethical perspective, I don't think it's sending the right message to who. Like, to two young black men that that yes have dreams of playing basketball, but I feel like we should we should provide them and equip them with other strategies and routes. And so, going you know all in on the basketball route doesn't doesn't work for everybody. You think about the NBA; it's only five hundred positions, right? And there's millions of people that dream of going that to spend the their NBA. whole lives. Exactly, there's only five hundred positions, and you look at it out of those five hundred guys like. A lot of them don't even play, and a lot of them are getting very minimum. Twenty-four minimum. make it to the All-Star team. So I feel like we should be promoting, you know, other pathways. And doesn't necessarily mean you go to college, but we should be promoting some form of educational supplementation just in case it doesn't work out with basketball. Like you have that, and so when you're when you're using that as a promotional tool for okay. for, for young brothers, like hey, skip college or skip education, <laughs> come pl- come play in this league so you can make three thousand dollars a month. Like or ten thousand or ten thousand, which is like okay, that's what one hundred twenty. No, you're not gonna be playing every week. No, that's true. You're not gonna be playing every month, rather. Right. So, like, I feel like it's just it's kind of misleading, and it's not giving us the the necessary tools to really develop our community. So, what's your take? My take is, I think it's an interesting move that I do support uh, in theory. the ownership conversation is fairly recent conversation. I think it was kind of spurned by the Donald Sterling controversy that started years ago where we really started to take a look at the ownership uh, of all of these professional associations. And we said, hey, you know, we're the athletes. We're the people that are fueling uh, this sport. Why should we be subject to either you know, racist owners or league rules that don't support us or not having the choices to be able to do what we want? Shout out to Kevin Durant. So 
I like the disruption of the standard leagues that we're that we're used to. Okay. I like the thought of someone else saying, "Hey, I'm going to provide another way." To me, what Lavar is doing is saying, "If you're going to be an athlete who's going to put all of your being into making it into the NBA, mm-hmm. your first step does not have to be being exploited by the NCAA." So let me exploit you. That's how is that exploitation though? How is that exploit? Okay, because exploitation from the NCAA means that you're a collegiate athlete. Yes, you have a scholarship to insert university here, mm-hmm. right? That scholarship does not guarantee you anything besides admission to that university. It doesn't it guarantee you playing time. No, it, it guarantees you a, a four year, four years of education. That's what it guarantees if, you. If taken, which which if, would cost us sixty grand per year minimum. Right. If taken. If take if you uh-huh. take that that opportunity, right? Right. But for we're talking about the athletes who are saying, all I want to do is go to the NBA, uh-huh. right? Some of those athletes and the ones that we do we talk about the most, like his son, uh-huh. go to college for one year yeah. and then immediately try to enter the draft. Right. If they find out that they're not capable for the draft, they'll stay another year. They're not saying because they want to take economics 202 okay. the second year. They're taking because they want to raise their draft stock, right? Okay. But that allows another year for the universities to exploit those athletes by promoting them to get people to attend their games, yeah. by getting people to attend the university, by having big sponsors come into their, to their athletics programs. Mm-hmm. And the kids that are actually fueling those schools don't see a sin of that right okay so for lavar to me what he's disrupting is that he's saying hey if really all you're trying to do is play basketball and you're just going to school because that's what was given to you i'm going to provide another way for well, you to get exposure given, it wasn't given to him they earned it enough because that's the route that right. was provided to you okay I'm going to provide you another route, which allows you the opportunity to get exposure, but also make money for your talent. Get exposure. I think they'll get some. They're not get exposure. Be- That's why. I mean, bro, you have the D League. Like, right. and, and those cats don't even get exposure. How many cats would you say in college besides the big four? That's precisely my point. Like, there's not that many people that will make it to the NBA. Agree. So it's like, so why go to college for two years? I'm saying I, for the I, athletes I like- that. For the athletes that I get, I 100% get your argument. If an athlete is going to say, I'm going to go to Duke University and I'm going to spend four years in Duke University. And then after I'm done with Duke University and I got my degree in computer science, I'm going to go play basketball. That would be like, wow, that's great. I'll tell you why it's a problem. Because when you have, when you have the, the, the route of going to college, you have to be a student athlete. Like you have to have at least, you know, 2.0, right? At least. And so, okay. Yeah, a lot of teachers will pass. Okay, because you know you knew what I was about to say. But so what? So, but if you if you take that if you take that basic uh, entry point away, it's like oh, I don't have to go to class. I'm just going to go into this league and, and make ten thousand, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll be able to make it somewhere else. I just think it's it's, it's misleading. So it's I feel your... like I feel like we should be promoting other things other than picking up a mic and playing playing with a basketball. Okay, now I, I'm with you. I'm not saying that. You know, hey, all young, if you're in 12th grade and you're black in that, high school. That is what he's saying. This, no, he's not. He's saying for the high school grads who have college potential. These are people that are probably would have gone to a college. So why right? wouldn't they? Why, why would I not go to college, but I would go to your league to, to play for 10000 a month? Because why? if you're going to develop your game to get ready for the draft, college is just, that's just a step that was laid out in front of you. They're not going to that. I, okay, I'm speaking very general. But I can say for some athletes that are just trying to get to the league, they may be choosing their university based on the athletic program not necessarily based on the education that they might get there for some absolutely i'm sure they are and there are definitely players that are staying all four years or two or three years to get more education Mm -hmm. but for athletes that are saying 
all I want to do is play basketball. Uh-huh. Right. I think th- that this yeah. here's another way. I don't. Yeah, it is another way. I just don't think it's a good way. So is it are are, are the athletes that from high school that go play international are they wrong too? Should everyone no, I, from I don't, America have to go through I the don't say, route? I don't say it's right or wrong for that student for that athlete to make that choice. I think it's wrong for Ball to exploit that. What's the exploitation? The exploitation because it it doesn't it's misleading in the sense that not everyone all the cream doesn't rise to the top. So you might have talent. Doesn't mean that you're going to be able to provide for yourself or for your family. And so you got to have multiple streams of revenue. You got to have a backup plan. You have to have um, interest in other areas to be able to help navigate your you when you stop playing basketball. You're only going to play probably to you're 28, 30 years old. Okay. So the the lifespan of a, of an athlete is very small. Most of your life. You have 40 to 50 years of living when you're done playing basketball. Okay. You want to be able to set yourself up and set your family up in the, in the, most, in the most best. The best way to, to do that is to be able to. A college ha- education? No. Education. I didn't say a college education. Just a, a route of, to get information. So if his, if his league had a curriculum for all athletes that said, hey, when you come it join this league. You, it won't. But I, if it I did, would you be okay taking, with it? He's taking his son out of high school. And he's not even 18. No, he's 16 going to Lithuania. That's bad. It's bad news. You, it's, think, it's it's exploitive. A, you think it's setting a bad precedent for, yes. for athletes? It's exploitive. It's exploitive. And again, like it's, it's, it's like it's contributing to the stereotype that all we can do is play basketball. We can't use our brains. No, I don't think that's contributing to that stereotype. Like, his son is a basketball have you, player. Have you heard them conduct themselves in an interview? <laughs> I have. Okay, then. Okay, okay. You know what? I'm not going to argue that because that, tr- that is its own thing. But I do think that we have to separate if, if someone is an athlete, and that's the path that they've chosen, versus you and I who very, are very clear on there are other paths for our community to take besides, like you said, rapping and playing basketball. But there are people that are taking that path. Uh-huh. I don't think that it's. I don't think it's in our best interest to discourage us so, owning. So would you encourage your son? Hey, hey, Dad, I'm 16. I don't want to finish high school. I want to go play in, in, in Lavar Ball's league. You'd be like, go ahead, son. Well, first, no, no, first, no, no. You'd be like, go ahead, son. I would think about it. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a blanket. <laughs> no, on, it would not bro. be a blanket. St- it would not be a. a what, what do you have to think no. about? I would have to think about if one the talent. Like, does my kid? He even has have, talent. He has talent. What do you have to think about? He's sixteen. I have no second problem. year I have high school. No problem with him being homeschooled. I have no problem. <laughs> You're not answering the question. What was the question? You come on. Now you playing games. I'm not you, playing games. I could, you would allow him to not get his G, not get his GED, not finish high school. You go play bas- basketball in this league for three thousand dollars a month. Probably not. Why not? Probably not. Uh, and it goes to my head to what is what is the probability? What is the probability of my son? So now you're retra- you're kind of retracting your statement. So no. so it'd be good for other sons, but not for your son. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because I, you like are I saying said, that. No, I said there's two paths. I said if that athlete is like I'm a basketball player, that's Lamella your son. And your son is a basketball player. Then I think it's a conversation to be had. Like I said the first time, <laughs> I think it's a conversation because what we, I think what we have to uh, I guess. I have a clear understanding on is defining success for both of these paths, right? Like if to me, a, a, a student going to college for one, two years to me, I'm like, what's the difference? What are you learning in that one? You're learning two a years? lot. You're learning a lot in that, in that one, two years. And I think to tie it all into the show, like we talk about all the time, how like coding is the new language, right? And how you know, our, we want a lot of our, 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 our kids in our community to be, 
educated and have more, right. you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, yeah. more of the STEM the stuff, STEM program, STEM yeah. programs, and so like you should be able to have that as you know an accompaniment to your athleticism, and and to, to cut that short for such a small amount of money. Like I said, it's setting up our kids. But three thousand dollars a month. But what? I, but are, how many of these athletes how, are majoring in STEM or fi, or finishing in STEM? If they spend a year in C plus plus, like what? I think is, you what would be. Do? I think you would be surprised, though. I think you would be surprised when you look at athletes across the board. A lot of them are the, student the athletes. Mass, the massive athletes. Yeah, a lot of them the, are the student athletes. athletes. Some of them have four point Some of them finish 100%. their college degree. Some do. Some of them go back great. and get their masters while they're playing still. Right. And so like, great. but so you're saying, but you're saying it as if if you go to the league or if you go a different path, you don't have that opportunity. Most of anymore. us don't. Most of us How don't. How so? Dog. Again, okay. Statistically, again, five hundred people will make it to the NBA. Yeah. It's only five hundred slots. Yeah. There's millions of people that have that dream. Right. Do you think millions of them are focusing on going to school? Because that's not what's marketed towards to them. Mm-hmm. So this is another thing that's going to market that's marketed towards them that's not promoting education. How, but how, I guess I guess my point of confusion is I feel like the NCAA or school in itself is just as exploitive as the league hey, or these le- other paths. It is exploitive. I think I think you can't escape some form of exploitation. However, okay. at least you can get a degree. At least you can get some education out of it. So, so yeah, I'm playing, and, and you're benefiting off my athleticism. Okay, but at least at least I don't have to pay. Two two hundred thousand dollars back in student loans. Okay, so when I'm when I'm twenty one. Okay, so I'm asking you a question, and we got to wrap too. Oh, go okay. Ahead. So last question. Then. Yeah. Did the athletes who went one and done, or the athletes back when it was available, went from high school to the league? Did they make a mistake? Some of them did. Yeah, because everybody everybody's not going to be a superstar. Everyone's not going to be a Kobe Bryant. Everyone's mm-hmm. not going to be a LeBron James. Everyone's not going to get that big that big. Payout, right? They're, they're gonna, then everyone's not gonna have all the sponsors. There's tons of people that made it to the league that you can't even name. Like, who was the 15th guy in 1988, 1998, 2008? I can't tell you from that. every team, but you I can never... tell you what the NBA minimum contract is. Okay, and that's eaten up by taxes, by agents, by okay. lawyers. Like, you're not getting that much money. Okay, but if you put the value, you said sixty thousand dollars for a college scholarship. Uh-huh. The NBA minimum contract is four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, even after taxes and everything, you're, you still you're like, coll- apples college, to apples. You still have a better. So, but how is that gonna investment? set you up? when you're 60 your college degree can though that's something that you could add on to a degree can can, but a college experience is different a college experience is is what you're you're really paying for when you go to college how to to learn how to socialize how to learn how to interact with people how to learn how to be a man or a woman I feel like you're associating the stamp of I went to Princeton for a year Mm -hmm. with someone that graduated from Princeton and to me, those are two different but there things. There are tons of student athletes that graduate from Princeton. And I have no knock on that. I mean, remember, because we're talking about LeVar. And LeVar is saying, if you want to go to the NBA. Right, right? because cause his, his son want, just barely got into the NBA. Barely. He was number two pick. Okay, and, and he's a wash. Oh, the, we need another show. He's called, a wash. Anywho, we're going to wrap this up. But before yeah. we wrap this up. Yes. Thank you. Thank man, you. Thank you. Before we, before we wrap this up, I got to shout out my friends at Vizio. One for more time. One last time because they have a fantastic piece of technology that I think all of you guys would really benefit from. And that is a Vizio 36-inch 2.1 soundbar system. It's powered by DTS technology and is giving everybody that, that has one in their family room an extraordinary sound experience. It's bringing movies that you would, you would experience in a theater and really putting them in your home. And I think that you would love it. It's a great um, pairing to your, to your, to your, uh, your flat screen display. 
display, um, especially with the speakers that have gotten so small. Like this is a, the perfect device. It's not going to take up too much space in your in your family room, but it's going to give you that big thumping sound. Um, razor sharp, crystal clear is giving you everything you need for your sports, for your music, for all forms of entertainment. And so I encourage everyone out there to get it. It's gotten a lot of great reviews. Um, it's CNET's editor's choice, and it's the first sound bar to earn five stars. It's a wonderful piece of technology, uh, and again, uh, I can't rave more about it. Um, so you guys go ahead and pick that up. Brother, I have to say, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. As always. Um, man, you had a lot of great takes. Uh, yeah. I, I love the intelligence uh, and all that good stuff, man. Thank you, brother. Man, you already know it's not, nothing so but love. Before we dip out of here, though, um, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rome is like R-O-M-E is like. And also you can find my company if you have any marketing needs, any needs to help build your digital business at ExpansionAgency.com. There it is. You guys go check out my man, Jerome. He got some really incredible things that he's doing. Um, you guys can check me out at Akili Shine on Instagram and Twitter, A-K-I-L-I-S-A. H-I-N-E. Yes, Black Hollywood Live. This is Geek Nerd Tech GNT. We will see you in the new year. Bucka, bucka, bucka. Black Thought. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram at BHL Online. I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the whole song and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.